welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and welcome to Real People, Real Talk, the podcast ministry that equips you to thrive spiritually, mentally, and relationally. And today's episode features a conversation about walking in purpose. As the quote goes, the purpose of life is to live a life of purpose. My guest today is a strategy coach, speaker, and faith blogger. She also wrote the book entitled, This Is Not Your Typical Finding Your Purpose Book. And so welcome to the show, Joy Osahan. Thank you for having me. And honestly, it feels good to be back. So thank you. Yes, I appreciate your time. And Joe, we're going to start here. Like, how can a person discerns God's voice in their life? We're jumping right in. Let's go. Yeah. So, you know, what? I think a lot of the times many people are looking for that loud voice. They are looking for a dream. They are looking to people when in reality, we're going to go right to the old school way and the original way. The Bible. Come on. I think it's one of those things where we often do not credit the Bible as much. People use it as just, you know, when it comes down to having quotes to post, but people don't realize that the Bible is the voice of God. And once I realized that, I'm like, wait a minute. Every time I open up the word of God, God is literally talking to me like Come this on. morning during my quiet time. God had to remind, like I was praying to God last week about, you know, Lord, I made so many mistakes in the past. There was a promise that you had for me at a specific age when I was 34 and I'm 35 now. I messed it up and I kept saying, God, can you restore that? And here I am waiting for someone to randomly talk to me. I was waiting for the dream. But this morning I was convicted. Wait, wait a minute. It's in the Bible because we think about Abraham and Sarah and and with them not actually waiting on God. And that's how that's how Ishmael came about. And so, but in the word it said, God had mercy on Abraham and Sarah was able to conceive. So in that moment, I realized like, wait a minute, if God can do it to Abraham and as a believer in Christ through faith, I am a recipient of the promises through Abraham. So technically mercy is established to me. And in that moment this morning, I realized like, oh, God spoke to me clear as day. And it was in the word. You preaching already, because as I was (laughs) thinking about this question, you said exactly what I would have said if I was asked this question, because I think being rooted in God's word is essential to discern his voice. Because as we read our Bibles, as we study God's word, we're going to know him more. We're going to know him yeah. better and ultimately going to know his voice better. So I 100% agree with you. The way that you discern God's voice is by listening to his voice. And that means getting in the word. Amen. Yes. Amen. So now how does, how does one go about finding their purpose? Yeah. So I think it, I'm I'm a, I'm going to just keep it old school the entire time. Let's go. I think in, in this world, people are seeking purpose through, a numerous of things like people are seeking purpose through, you know, there people are trying to find it through like traveling. People are trying to find it through moving and, you know, 
just all of those things can, it can lead to clarity and understanding, but it's so important to get to know the one that created you for purpose on purpose. So one of the, to me personally, I feel like if somebody wants a clear understanding of their purpose and understanding what living a purposeful life is, you got to get to know God because Jesus is the best example of a man who lives life on purpose. And in my first book um, about purpose, I specifically said that Jesus did not live a life that was all about him. Because everybody's trying to understand, like, how do you define purpose? Purpose has nothing to do with you. Because imagine if purpose had everything to do with Jesus, he would not have been on the cross. Him being on the cross was for us. And that is a selfless act. So living life on purpose requires you to be selfless. If you are the only person benefiting from living purposefully, then you are living selfishly, period. So I personally feel like if you really want to understand purpose and what and what God has called you to do, you need to get to know your maker. Everybody's trying to get to know the earth. Everybody's trying to get to know the rocks. They're trying to get to know the rivers. They're trying to get to know whatever. But they are not trying to get to know the person who created all of those things. And so once you know that, once you begin to know God and it's a continuous journey, you'll learn so much more about yourself. And it sounds so cliche, but I think that for me, especially in my journey, I realized like the closer I've gotten to God, the more clarity I have received pertaining to my life. Listen, that everything you said was good. And that last quote, that was a bar. Like the closer that we walk <laughs> with the Lord, the clearer that we hear his voice in so many words. And once again, yeah. I find myself agreeing with you because I believe that when you find God, you find your purpose. And as you obey God and as you walk with him, he will continuously just reveal his will to you step by step. And so yeah. I'm a type A person. I like, you know, I have a planner, I have a to do list. And when it comes to God's will, it'd be nice to know everything A through Z. But God doesn't yeah. work like that, Joy. No, no. Work Far like from it. Yeah. Sometimes he'll give you um, half of, of part A and then you just got to keep, you know, walking by faith or whatever. And so I love what yeah. you said about consulting the creator. Um, I reminded this metaphor, like if I wanted to know a lot about Tesla, I'm not going to ask mm -hmm. my wife. I love her, but I'm not going to ask about Tesla. I'm not yeah. going to ask my parents about Tesla. I love them, but I'm not going to ask them about this specific subject. I'm going to go to Elon Musk because he is the creator and he's going to know the purpose of the Tesla. And so for, yep. in other words, for us to find our purpose, we got to know God. And I give it one scripture and we'll, we'll move on. Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern the will of God. What is good? What is acceptable? And what is perfect? And we are renewed by the word of God. So, I guess that was a long-winded way of saying amen to what you said, Joy. <laughs> amen. So in your own words, like what does a purpose-driven life really look like? We hit that word um, thrown around here and there, that phrase thrown around, but what does it really look like to live a purpose-driven life? I think, well, I, I want to start answering that by just answering what, what, people typically think living a purpose-driven life looks like. Okay. People living a purpose-driven life looks like having your name on flyers. They feel like you traveling the world to speak. They think that if you are popular or famous and all of those things, and all those things can still be a part of it, 
But I think what happens is that we glamorize um, purpose and we glamorize it in a way where we're like, well, you have to have a thriving business to be walking in purpose. But a thriving business is really the grace and mercy of God. And that's a completely different thing. To live a purpose-driven life, you need to you need to live a life of serving to of servitude. It's serving. If you are walking in purpose and you have the mentality of, okay, God, I'm getting up this morning. What do you want me to do today? Or it's funny because I had put um posted something on threads and I still use threads. Um, I posted something on threads this morning that was specifically, it was um, everyone is giving seeds. What, 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 what kind of seeds are you planting? And interestingly enough, earlier today, you know, after I had a presentation at a school, I, I walked into this woman who, why well, didn't walk into her? I was walking in an area and this woman falls and she trips over her feet and she actually hits her face on the concrete Ooh. at first. And like, you can hear it. And this woman's older. So she's probably in her, she's in her early eighties and she had a knot on her head. She had bleeding on her nose and she was just like, oh my gosh, like she, she felt more embarrassed, but in that moment, I could have been like, okay, are you okay? You okay? Good, good. Cause she was there with her grandson. But in that moment, I was like, I'm going to stay with you. Like I had a meeting that was going to happen, but I had text my coworker like, Hey, there's this elderly woman fell. I'm staying with her because I want to make sure she is going to go to the hospital because, you know, if a person is physically wounded on the outside and even if the person says that they're okay, there is internal bleeding that can happen. Right. So we don't want to take it by chance. And so I'm saying all that to say, it's like, it was today. Like I didn't have a speaking engagement. I was at work, but I operated in purpose because in that moment I served her and I, I did not put anything on camera. I actually didn't record it or pretty much anything. It happened. And I think living a life in a purpose and living a purposeful life, someone should be benefiting from, from you waking up. And I think when people realize that, they will realize like, wait a minute, if I'm going out and about and I'm giving alms to the poor, you're, you're living purposefully. If you are calling someone and just encouraging them, living life purposefully, praying for folks, everything doesn't need to be um, posted. Everything doesn't need to, I think people think that if you're not on any type of tour, you are not living life on purpose. What? You are living life on purpose if you are going to work and you're going to work and you're doing your job and you're doing your job well. But if you are that person at work that for some reason you are speaking life into every single person, ma'am, sir, you are living life on purpose. So it is a life of servitude. Yes. I don't know what to respond to first because you're just <laughs> dropping wisdom and gems. I love how you said we don't need to glamorize a purpose-driven life. And whether you have one follower or a thousand followers on insert any social media platform, it doesn't have to be viral or it doesn't have to be public for you to be walking in purpose. I'm so glad you broke that down because sometimes we can have this idea of what purpose looked like when maybe it's like King David. Well, before he was a king, he was taking care of the sheep and nobody knew his name. And that led exactly. to a greater purpose, but that's another sermon for another day. Um, <laughs> Joy, with, with the advancement of technology nowadays, there's there's so much content out there, whether it's books, media, magazines, social media, et cetera. And everything that's published isn't necessarily true or right. And so with that being said, what are some misconceptions about purpose? 
Mm, I honestly, at this rate, I'm like, where do I start? <laughs> I one thing I will say is like people think that that your purpose will not and cannot change. It will change. In fact, if over the years you are still doing the same thing, something is wrong. The word of God says that if you are faithful with a few things, come on, God will trust you with more. But you have to, the, the, the essentially key part is faithfulness. God is not going to have you do something and do it well and not advance you. You brought up David. Prior to him being the king, he was doing the messy work. As a, it's funny because everybody wants a king, but nobody wants to be a shepherd, which is, which is funny. Preach. But there are skills that was attained in that. There's a level of humility obtained. There's so much things that's happening in the process. So when you think about purpose, you're going to change. Everyone looks at me like, oh my gosh, girl, like I see you being a coach and author and stuff. But I said, but y'all don't know I was a blogger for years. I was doing faith-based blog posts and it was no traction. It was nothing. I was doing that, what, for maybe three to four years or no, maybe even five years prior to do anything else. I, and I was consistent doing that. And so, but over the years, I was like, okay, you are stewarding this and you're stewarding it well, then I can have you speak. Speaking turned into being an author and author turned into a coach. Yes. So I think one of the things is that people think that your purpose isn't going to change. It's going to change because you change, you grow, you are receiving revelation, you are growing the areas of wisdom. So why won't God expand your territory? And then I think another an, another misconception about purpose is that, and this is a huge one, that everybody is rooting for you. That is not the case. Come on. And I think the thing we have to re- really remember is people, you you have people who are operating and they have this level of impact. And we use the example of, of King David, but when people look at them, they only look at them as 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 the shepherd, and that's it. But and and I think it's important for people to realize that is because it's funny because sometimes the people that support you the most are the people that are furthest away from you. Yeah. It's not only the people that are closest to you. And that's not a bad thing because there's a group of people that are called to you and that's okay. But I think it's important for people to keep in mind that everybody's not rooting for you. So if you're going to be out here operating in purpose, then you need to make sure you're operating in prayer because you don't know who is praying against you. If you're posting anything that you are doing regarding serving people and you think that 100% of folks are happy, you are living a foolish life. That is not operating in wisdom. So I do think it's important that you keep in mind that there are some times in the process of your journey you may need that journey to be only you and the Lord and certain folks. But if certain people are not clapping for you and you expect them, and especially the ones closest to you, guess what? It's okay. If you're posting something and the people you wanted to actually share your stuff ain't sharing it, guess what? It's okay because the ultimate person who's sharing your stuff is God. And, and I'm going to, and I'll definitely add with this last misconception of being purpose-driven is people think that being purpose-driven is a walk in the park, but in reality, it's a hype. When you give God your yes, you also understand you make yourself a target. The amount of processing and tears and just so much that happens that comes with it. 
when people can impact folks, because there's a thing where people feel like if you have a large following, then man, you're operating a purpose. Some people like to be entertained. People don't always want to change. So, so it's possible for someone to have a following of five, but guess what? Those five individuals are actually being changed and they're making an impact in the world versus someone who may have hundreds and thousands of followers and they're just being entertained. Or if they're changed, it's very surface level change. It's not in-depth character, heart, mindset change. So I think it's important for people to understand, like if you're doing this purpose thing, living a life of servitude and you're like, it's hard, good, it's supposed to be hard because the only way we as humans develop, we do not develop in comfort, we develop in pressure. And so could it be that in this process of developing, once you get to where you're supposed to be, you are able to to actually keep it because everybody wants all the big things. But the reality is that a lot of people are not as ready as they think they are. So so it's interesting how when you when once you've arrived or you've gotten the things you've been wanting when, as it relates to purpose and whatnot, or let's say a great example is a business. Once you get to that point where you have that thriving business, you're going to look back to all the hardships. And what you're going to say is you're going to be like, God, thank you for bringing me through the ringer because it has cultivated a level of discipline for me to not only get this thriving business, but to have, but, but to actually keep it and have it grow even more. Based on your answers and your responses, this is definitely an episode. I want to encourage my dear listener. You may want to listen to this multiple times so you can catch everything that she's dropping. Like I'm, I'm over here taking notes myself. When you said develop in pressure and not in comfort, that's like preach sister. And then to operate, (laughs) Uh, if you want to operate in purpose, you got to operate in prayer. So I'm over here just taking notes and saying, amen. And the part what you say about, you know, having haters. I mean, you're right there in the Bible, as you know. I mean, Joseph himself, he had haters and it was and right was there. Theory. Yeah, it was it was his blood hating on him. But Joseph still walked in purpose. And so whether mm-hmm. you have, as Joe said, whether you have people clapping for you or not, rooting for you or not, supporting your business, um, resharing your post or not, keep walking in purpose. And there's one more thing before we move on. Just want to remind a dear listener of, of a few key words that Joy has spoken um, that relates to purpose. Serving, faithfulness, and obedience. I just want to say that one more time. Serving, faithfulness, and obedience is all wrapped up in the recipe for walking in purpose. Yeah. Um, you once said that pain catapulted me to understand purpose and what it truly meant to be purpose driven. I love that. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. And I just want to say when I wrote my first book, um, that's not your typical finding a purpose book. I published this in the midst of COVID. So I was writing this prior to COVID. So I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous. Like we all know about the purpose driven life from um, Rick uh, Warren. So I was like, okay. Other than that, nobody was talking about purpose. So there were certain things I said like that, that I was like, I'm typing. I'm like, Lord, are you sure you want me to say this? Because, you know, <laughs> this isn't talked about. And it's funny because once I decided to publish it in COVID, I was like a little nervous. But as we got deeper in COVID during that time of isolation, people were saying things like that. And I looked at it and I was like, yo, God, confirmation. And that to me always, I just had to share this. Like that to me always reminds me of my faith in God, where when God tells me to do something and write something, half the time it don't make no sense. And that's when I know I need to do the thing. But 
what I when, what I meant by that is a lot of the times we are trying to figure out where purpose is birthed from, right? Like we oftentimes think it's birthed from a happy place. Like I woke up and everything was great. For some folks, it's like that. But for majority of folks, it purpose is birthed through pain. Yeah. Sometimes pain is the very thing that will get us to the point of searching for something more in life. And pain got me to my knees to seek God and to be like, all right, God, I need to, I need to do this thing. I need to change. Again, we say things that we don't really mean. So in the beginning, I was saying it, but I was still living a double life doing my own thing. But this is why when it comes down to um, just growing in your walk with Christ, it is a process, when, especially when we, when we talk about deliverance. Yeah. For some folks, it's a one-time thing. Other folks, just like myself, it was a process. But pain will put you in a position to seek out more. It wasn't until I got broken up with when I was like, wait a minute, there got to be more to life. Because that breakup is what literally had me go into blogging. And I got, and that breakup happened well over nine years ago. Because b- before that breakup, and I was in a relationship, and this was in like my mid-20s, mm-hmm. you couldn't tell me nothing. I was like, look, I had a man. I was a Sunday school teacher. I was finishing up my master's degree, and I had a full-time job. I was like, life was made. That was it. And until God was like, oh, I'm going to take this away. Then I was like, oh, wait, there has to be more. Granted, prior, I was always doing little things like encouraging folks here and there. but I was like, that's not enough. But it took for pain and heartbreak for me to realize I need to make a decision of what I'm going to steward with it, how I'm going to steward it. And there's a, there's a quote that I mentioned. It was either in that book or the second one, um, both on Amazon, um, is you can either treat your pain like a hotel or like a home. When you treat your pain like a hotel, you check in, you know, and you eventually check out. So that means you're allowing yourself to feel And then eventually you're making a decision to heal from it and grow from it. When you treat your pain like a home, when you have any house, you you buy a house, you are not planning to to actually leave within the next year or two, or or that's the home for good. You are buying all the expensive furniture and all that sort. So when you treat your pain like a home, you are literally saying, you know what? I got my heart broken. I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to remain bitter. That's it. I'm going to sulk in this. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be hurtful to folks, hateful to people. And that's what gets people away from purpose. So that's why you need to heal. Healing is is going to clear your eyes to see things more differently and realize that everything you're going through or had went through is somebody else's how-to book. So pain is to me, very it it it's painful, but it's important. It's painful, but it's really important. And in many cases, it's a necessity. When we think about everybody in the Bible, pain was the driving force for everything. Yeah. It wasn't until they experienced some type of pain or hardship mm-hmm. was when they were like, "Okay, God, this is what you got me doing." Joseph, minute homie, opened up his mouth. His family was coming for him, dealt with so much. But for him to get to where he was at the end, he had to endure it and go through it. And with each painful experience, strengthen out his faith. And the reason why was because he treated his pain like a hotel, not a home. If he had treated his pain like a home, the, mo- the minute he got to prison, he would have given up. At that moment, I'm sorry, if I'm locked up, 
Lord, I don't know. I don't know if any midnight prayers gonna happen. I don't know if with um, it, I, I guess I think it was the butler that left. If he if he's gonna remember me, I don't know. So yeah. Listen, your response reminded me of something else that I saw that you post that makes a lot of sense. And actually, it's a, it's a title of this episode. As you have seen, dear listeners, you clicked on this is from breakup to breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And how God uses your pain. And the thing that I love about God, I don't believe that God causes all pain, but he doesn't waste any pain either. And yeah. he, he will use that pain, as you have said, just to push us into our purpose. Because you said something I didn't, I didn't think about it like this, that different people in the Bible, we may not know them if they didn't go through certain things. Like we may not know Daniel if he didn't have his lion's den. We may not mm-hmm. know Nehemiah if the wall wasn't broken now. We may not know the three Hebrew boys if they didn't go through the fire. And so sometimes we try to escape pain. I'm not yeah. saying seek out pain, but I'm just saying, while you're in the midst of it, just ask God, Lord, what is it that you're trying to do with yeah. this pain? Because God can use it to make you come out even better. And so um, you mentioned yeah. your second book. Um, I, I knew of the first one, but remind me of the other one. Let, let the people know and also let them know how they can connect with you. Yeah. So the second book is called Heartbreak Hotel. It's time to check out. And so it's a book focused on my single folks. And I'm not saying that you can avoid all heartbreaks, but there's certain heartbreaks that honestly we could avoid. And the reason why we're not avoiding it is because we are not being wise in the area of dating and relationships. Come on. So both of those books can be found on Amazon. But if you want to connect with me, I always tell people definitely connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram is speak with joy. And then when you click the link in my bio, you'll have access to my website, to my email address and my LinkedIn and everything else. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, to my listener, be sure to check the show notes. I'm going to leave that link so you can connect with her because you can just tell just from this interview, she has a lot more to say, whether it's through her books or through her yeah. blogging <laughs> or through her speaking. So I want you to be connected with her. And Joe, I just want to tell you just thank you so much for joining the show and not just joining the show, but ministering to my dear listener. I thank you for that. Thank you so much for having me. I do not take it lightly at all. And thank you so much for tuning in. But until next time, I want you to go be all that God has caused you to be and to walk in purpose.